This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. Brand new week. I'm Rob Hart. Right now, the coming days will feature the release of a key measure of inflation, plus the latest reading on consumer confidence. And, of course, we'll keep a close eye on the banking sector. Let's get a preview of the week ahead from Tom Hudson, week ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami. Tom, thank you for joining us today. And the, as far as the banking sector is concerned, it's uh, an injection of confidence into the sector today with the uh, news that First Citizens Bank of North Carolina will buy much of what's left of Silicon Valley Bank. It, it is a vote of confidence, a vote of confidence that a large regional bank sees value in the loan portfolio of a failed bank. That's a big shot of confidence for folks that were concerned about the contagion effect and and roiling markets and worries about uh, depositors running uh, to the hills for the large banks. It, it, it's a big signal for regulators, a big signal for uh, uh, investors, and perhaps most importantly, a big signal for consumers that uh, that there's still value, that the conditions that led to the run on Silicon Valley Bank were certainly peculiar, particular, and uh, we increasingly hopeful individual to that specific bank. And then uh, kind of a quiet week as far as uh, numbers are concerned. But we do see the core PCE price index on Friday. So that's another uh, inflation measure that will uh, come out at the end of the week. Yeah, that's going to be the big economic data point this week. And it's the Federal Reserve's preferred barometer uh, for inflation. And so, what, maybe two or three weeks ago, this would have been the biggest piece of news this week as inflation has been squarely in the crosshairs for the Federal Reserve's interest rate uh, increasing policy. But now I think it's going to be testimony from uh, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, and other banking regulators in front of the U.S. Senate and House committees separately Tuesday and Wednesday regarding the failure and the uh, collapse of uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Consumer confidence numbers for March due out tomorrow. And will we start to see the stress in the financial system show up in the consumer confidence rating? That's uh, it's a good question. uh, We're going to have to listen closely. And where are we seeing that stress show up? Credit card debt has increased. Credit interest rates certainly have increased. Mortgage rates, uh, you know, down from their high, but certainly still very high compared to just a year or so ago. Uh, The job market's still strong. Wage growth is still there. So it's a bit of a cross current in how consumers are withstanding all of this. And certainly the headline risk when you're talking about runs on banks. And speaking of uh, mortgage rates, we do get a uh, report on pending home sales. And it sounds like the moment mortgage rates wobbled, a lot of people pounced. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people were in the queue. A lot of buyers are in the queue ready to pounce. 
wanting to get uh, probably something, uh, uh, a print below 6% on that 30-year mortgage. And if we could see that, or certainly below 6.5%, see that ready to go, ready to get that money in the queue. Perhaps we'll see that with the pending home sales for February, which come out on Tuesday. And then very quickly, consumer confidence, how much does that track the price of gas? Because uh, even with seasonal factors and regional factors uh, in play when it comes to how the price of gas is computed, uh, oil is down considerably from where it was a year ago, uh, just trading a tick over $70 a barrel today. Yeah, it's a big part of consumer confidence because it's a it's a number that people are very sensitive to, but yet don't feel that they have much influence over not only the the price but also their own uh, appetite. Uh, listen, egg prices could have played that role just a few weeks ago. Those have come off from those considerable highs as oil prices come off those highs. Uh, you can't help but at least underpin some confidence amongst consumers. Tom Hudson, Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, an update on the race for mayor of Chicago, eight days out from Election Day. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There was an endorsement and a near endorsement in the race for mayor of Chicago over the weekend. Let's get the latest from Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thanks for joining us today, and let's talk about the endorsement, and that is uh, Illinois' senior U.S. senator throwing his support behind Paul Vallis. Yeah, Dick Durbin did just did just that uh, yesterday. Um, it, this will be some help to Mr. Vallis. Uh, he's been facing charges from uh, his opponent, Brandon Johnson, that, that despite what he says, he's really a closet Republican who isn't going to do much to help uh, people in this town who need help. Uh, and Dick Durbin coming on board and saying, hey, I've known him forever. Uh, Forget some of the some of the foot and mouth stuff that Paul has done. He's a good guy, and I trust him. That will help him. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, he works both ways. Um, Mr. Johnson will have the, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, the progressive leader in town, uh, later this week to say some wonderful things about him. So, needless to say, we're in the final stretch run here, and everybody's doing what they can. And the uh, Reverend Al Sharpton uh, stepped right up to the line of endorsing Brandon Johnson yesterday. Uh, he couldn't do that, uh, given the venue, but uh, there was a, a, a bit of a wink and a nod in, in Al Sharpton's comments yesterday. Yeah, there was. Uh, uh, there were. Um, uh, Sharpton is one of a, a group of uh, national progressives who have actually endorsed uh, Mr. Sanders, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, uh, in some ways, Mr. Johnson is not as much a candidate for marriage. He's the, the head of the candidate of a, of a, of a movement uh, of progressive nationally who want to do business a different way and say that uh, that uh, rich people have gotten away with murder almost literally and we need to change our, the way we do things. You know, you make a very good point in your latest piece in Cranes that this is not necessarily a Democrat versus a closet Republican or young Democrats versus old Democrats. This seems to be uh, the 90s way of thinking versus a 21st century progressive way of thinking about uh, how we distribute resources in Chicago. Yeah, I wish there was a way to meld the two approaches, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, uh, prior mayors, uh, primarily Rich Daly and uh, and, uh, and uh, Rahm Emanuel, did some really good things uh, to to position 
portions of the city, uh, particularly the downtown and people who work downtown uh, in form of basis of prosperity. But part of the city got left left uh, in the dust. It, it didn't benefit. And Mr. Johnson wants to come in. And the question is, can he expand the model without killing the stuff that works? He's laid out some very big and very onerous tax increases. $800 million would certainly have raised my eyes and generated lots of fears in the business community that uh, it's a ticket to not to do, uh, not to set up shop here and hire people in Chicago. Um, on the other hand, it's fair to ask whether Mr. Dallas's financial uh, proposals make sense and whether he's really going to do the kind of stuff he claims he's going to do to help people that need help. Uh, it's, it, it's not a simple question. You have a candidate well to the political left and somebody is on the political right and uh, whether there's anybody in the middle who can synthesize both of those approaches, I'm not sure. Eight days to go until Election Day. And, oh, by the way, we have uh, 14 wards heading to aldermanic runoff. So it could be a very different city government by the time uh, June 1st rolls around. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, how tipping culture is changing in restaurants and other businesses. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The pandemic has changed the way customers tip service workers. Let's find out where things currently stand. We welcome in Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Izzy, thank you for joining us today. And there's no greater... Uh, I'd call it Rorschach test about uh, people's mindsets, about uh, service workers and the restaurant experience entirely than a discussion about tipping. Uh, What is the current trend in tipping in the restaurant space, uh, not just at a sit-down meal, but also in a quick service establishment? Well, first of all, I think that, um, you know, the country is going through tipping burnout that uh, for the pandemic and beyond, everywhere you went, everybody wanted you to tip no matter what that service was. And I'm starting to see uh, some of the tipping uh, going away, for like a Starbucks where it used to be out there all the time. Uh, they're not putting it out there. Uh, they're, you know, it's not being asked for like it was. But I do see it at other places, certainly quick service restaurants where before the pandemic, we never saw tipping. They have tip jars there or you get your receipt or you're about to sign and it says, would you like to tip 15, 20, 25 percent? So uh, it's still there, but people are are burnt out. They're really considering when should they tip and what is worth a tip today. Yeah, the, these are places that uh, might have had a tip jar next to the cash register before the pandemic, but now that is formalized as part of the checkout process where you do have the 15, 20, 25 percent option whenever you check out. Right. And, and uh, depending how they have it, if you're you know, they, they, they take the point of sale and they turn it around so that you can sign it. You see the tipping options there. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, that employee's looking right at you. So you, you, you feel almost guilted into hitting a 15 or 20 percent tip on something that before the pandemic you never would have tipped on before. Before those iPads existed and before the pandemic, you know, what was the thinking regarding tipping an employee at a quick service restaurant versus a sit-down meal where that was always just part of the a part of paying the bill? Yeah, certainly sit-down meals have always been part of tipping. Uh, you knew what the what, what the rules were, 15% or 20%. 
but, uh, you know, if at that time you went into a Subway uh, or a McDonald's, you would never expect a tip because it's quick service. You're standing there getting uh, getting your sandwich. But I, I was at a McDonald's recently where, you know, I ordered a, a burger and the person said, uh, you know, feel free to tip when you pay for your meal. Which is something that just had never been part of the McDonald's experience before. Um, is the, it, has this resulted in, in your experience, maybe some ugly scenes between uh, employees and customers, uh, uh, one railing out the other over some perceived uh, uh, tipping miscue? Well, I certainly have seen where employees, uh, you know, get upset or may say something to that guest when they don't put any tip. Like you're again, you're going to get a quick service sandwich where you wouldn't have tipped before. And now all of a sudden the person says, is there a problem with my service? Well, you know, that is something that is is unexpected. Um, but uh, like I said, I think the, the consumer is just having uh, tip burnout and not not willing anymore to tip for every every single thing that we appreciated uh, during the pandemic when people did come to work during exceptional circumstances. Easy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. The Restaurant Coach, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, investment ideas from our Monday Stock Pick. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A deadly incident at a school in Tennessee includes a female shooter, the latest coming up in a special report from CBS News. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from a portfolio pro, and a picture of Pope Francis in a trendy coat has gone viral. It's the latest case of an AI generated deep fake image. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed. The Dow is up 281 points. The Nasdaq is down 44. The S&P 500 is up 16. AccuWeather says for the rest of today, chilly despite plenty of sunshine. A high of 47, cooler by the lakefront, close to 50 in some southwest suburbs. We have 44 degrees right now in Chicago. It's 1231. CBS News special report. Seven people are dead, including three children and a shooter in a shooting at a private school in Nashville. CBS Morning's anchor. Tony DeCopel. Police say officers have shot and killed the person who had opened fire inside a private elementary school. Nashville police tweeted out that they responded to an active shooter incident at the Covenant School in the Covenant Presbyterian Church there. Metro National Police spokesman Don Aaron with more on that shooter. We know at this point that this shooter is a female. Uh, she appears to be in her teens, although her identification has not been confirmed at this juncture. It's also unclear why she did this. As for the victims, WTF TVF's Vicki Yates tells us that Covenant School only has about 200 students. We don't know their ages. We don't know their names yet, but we have been told that they have passed away from uh, their injuries. 
CBS News Special Report. I'm Monica Ricks. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed. The Dow is up 265 points. Uh, let's get the latest now on trading from Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thank you for joining us once again today. It seems like traders have had a little more time to uh, digest the news that uh, First Citizens Bank of North Carolina is taking over what's left of Silicon Valley Bank. Bank and uh, the banking sector, as you and others have said, uh, runs on confidence as much as it does on its own balance sheet. And it seems that investors like that jolt of confidence today. Yeah, you had Credit Suisse uh, taken over. You now have this. And this was this what really lit the fuse with Silicon Valley. And you also have the backstop uh, coming from government saving the day. Uh, and that's helped today, leave no doubt. Uh, the banks have gone pretty much straight down. Then for the last six, seven, eight trading days, stopped going down today, uh, bouncing up a little bit. It's instilling a little bit more confidence. And that's why you're seeing the Dow leading today, uh, but the NASDAQ lagging today. How much has this uh, banking uh, issue, you, some might call it a crisis, some might call it a uh, just mere uh, lack of a moment of momentary uh, uh, loss of confidence. Um, how much is this scrambled narratives uh, about the trajectory of the economy and what the Fed has to do to bring inflation down? Uh, well, the Fed has, has a fight on its hand for inflation and uh you know, as of this second, continues uh, to go after it. I was surprised they raised rates uh, last week. And in the, in, in, while we're watching interest rates come down, the real interest rates, so they're still on the, on that fight. I don't think it's really changed the playing field that much as long as we don't get into some sort of credit crisis where banks aren't lending, as long as we don't see other banks uh, go by the wayside. Because the bottom line is the government can tell us all they want, they have backstops. They really don't. They would have to print money again in order to do that. And that's been inflationary, and we end into in a vicious cycle. And then when it comes to uh, some of the numbers that we will see later this week, on Friday we do have the uh, core PCE report, another gauge of inflation, the one the Fed likes to follow. And uh, what can we expect out of that? Uh, we saw a, l- a little bit of a run-up in inflation in January. Uh, could we see a little bit of relief? Uh, I think we're going to probably level off in here. Uh, we, we went up big time, came down, started coming back up again with inflation. I think we're going to level off in here. I'm not seeing anything untoward just yet. Look, for certain prices, for certain things that you're buying at the stores, it's still elevated. There's still work to be done. But as a whole, the thing that the markets are looking at, the things the Fed's looking at, I think it's a. Uh, I would say it's moderated in here. A lot more work to do if they want to get back to their uh, big ghostly two percent number, though. And it seems like uh, we're kind of in a in a in a pause phase right now until next week. Uh, once we start getting once those first quarter numbers start to roll in, uh, earnings season soon, and uh, uh, this one more important uh, than most because it's factoring in. A lot of things, uh, cost to produce, it's going to be factored in, and then demand. Uh, I'm worried about the, the credit card usage that skyrocketed and savings rates that are plunged. I think that's a one-two punch that if that continues, 
That means the consumer is going to be spent up. And since the consumer is 70 percent of the economy, uh, to me, that's a lookout below moment. So hopefully that changes. And we're going to know pretty soon on that. Gary Kulpbaum, president, Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us today. You can find him online, of course, at GaryK.com. Coming up next, deep fake images are becoming even more sophisticated. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The latest deep fake image to go viral is that of Pope Francis. Let's discuss the phenomenon with Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. And I have to admit, uh, I kind of caught the Pope Francis picture kerfuffle uh, in mid-meme cycle over the weekend, by which I mean uh, the original image had already been posted of uh, the Pope in a very stylish-looking, puffy winter coat, uh, all white. And by that time, people had already, you know, photoshopped him in with George Costanza wearing the uh, <laughs> Gore-Tex coat from Seinfeld. Uh, the captions were already uh, out there. Somebody said that uh, Pope Francis was about to drop the uh, freshest uh, dance mix of On Eagle's Wings <laughs> you've ever heard. Um, you know, funny stuff like that. But uh, someone did notice that the uh, the pontiff's hands uh, didn't really pass the yeah. smell test. And it turns out that's the tell with these uh, AI fake images like the one of the Pope that was circulating over the weekend. Yeah, the Pope in a puffer and other potentially disastrous future deep fake photos. I mean, the, 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 the clips, the lines, the memes, they just write themselves. I, I just started writing an article, the Pope, a former president, and coming to terms with deep fake future. Uh, you know, it, we we saw all those fakes of Donald Trump being arrested, trying to outrun, you know, a bevy of police officers. That is the, the number one way to spot a deep fake is zoom in on the hands. It's really difficult for AI still to get hands correct, although it's getting better every single day. Eyes, uh, which way the shape and size of the eyes, which way the eyes are looking. Um, in one of the Trump arrests, uh, one of those deep fake photos, uh, Trump is kneeling down in a beam of sunlight and nobody in the background is looking at him. Well, you know, everybody would be looking at him if he was actually doing that in the midst of an arrest. And then kind of number three is just do a quick search. You know, Snopes is great or or go to WBBM if Trump was arrested or if the pope was in a puffer. That would be headline news for real in a valid news site. You know, never trust what you see on social media. Make sure to to double check that. I mean, it it does take two to tango. And I feel like it does take two to kind of stop disinformation because, yes, there are a lot of bad faith actors out there who are trying to intentionally deceive you. At the same time, though, there is a very receptive audience of people who believe it because they want to believe it, because it, it, it fits inside their worldview. It's like the, the people, the, the, the picture of, of former President Trump being arrested, uh, running away from the cops, was an obvious <laughs> fake, but a lot of people fell for it because they wanted to fall for it. Right, right. And, and that can be damaging. It can be incredibly devastating. And, and as we've learned from past propaganda, and it can even be potentially deadly. When spread 
to the wrong people at the right time. And one of the things that this calls for is a type of news literacy and a depth of news literacy that we have never seen before, uh, especially in America where we have an open press. And so, you know, really we will have to integrate AI literacy, news literacy, and information literacy into school, you know, beginning very, very soon. So one of the really interesting things that I've just done recently, I spent $11 in less than 10 minutes and created a deep fake of myself saying something really outrageous. The the ability to create these deep fake videos, uh, text, and photos isn't new the availability of these tools to a mass audience is what's new. So we'll see more of this. We have to be more careful than ever. And yeah, you really have to just sharpen your sense of of being able to tell fact from fiction and fact from emotion. And once again, think before you share. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management, based in Glenview, the web site SenecaCapital.com. Bill, thank you for joining us today. Two selections this Monday, and your first one is in the energy space. It is. Uh, my first stock pick is Energy Transfer Partners. The symbol is ET, like Echo Tango. It yields 10.45%. It's technically a gas uti- uh, in the gas utility sector. It's trading about $11.83 a share. And I just think that with the utilities down about 6.8% year-to-date, this particular stock, ET, is down 1.5%. And so with natural gas also potentially putting in a low, because that peak to trough, it's down about 77%. I think energy transfers is just a good, small core holding for people looking to get a decent dividend stream in what is otherwise a component of a utility exchange-traded fund uh, basket. That is uh, energy transfer. ET is the symbol. And from ET, let's go to ETF. Yes. Well, my favorite ETF is one of our top four holdings is a firm in our IRAs and 401ks. And that is the symbol RYLD, Romeo Yankee Lima Delta, RYLD. It's the Global X Russell 2000 covered call ETF. And this is why I like it so much, Rob. So before we started managing IRAs and 401ks, I was a pit trader shouting six hours a day here in Chicago at the Chicago Board Options Exchange. And one of the very first strategies you learn in the world of options is something called a covered call strategy. So in a covered call strategy, an investor will buy a stock or an exchange-traded fund and simultaneously sell a call option, which is like an offsetting position. And it does two things. One is that it creates an immediate income credit to the position, but it also exchanges, uh, you're, you're exchanging upside potential for an immediate credit. So it's a slightly hedged investment position. And the Chicago Board Options Exchange considered it a neutral or a hedged position, although it does have a little bit of downside risk when the market goes down. But this is the beauty of the ETF. It gains exposure to the Russell 2000, And then it sells at the money call options to enhance the yield. 
So currently it's paying about a 12.5% dividend yield, and it pays its dividends on a monthly basis. So what happens is, is that any amount of money that they receive over the 1% of uh, option premium, it goes back, you know, af- after fees and expenses, it goes back into supporting the net asset value of the ETF. And so right now where we're kind of at, we have, you know, the, the VIX indicator, which is the volatility index, is usually trades between 10 and 50, and it's hovering right now about 30. So we have option volatility. We have uncertainty. It's kind of on the high end of the range. Option premiums are very attractive for when they sell them to the ETF. And if it's true, what I believe is that we are kind of in this consolidation sideways area in the market. You know, like there's, there's four attributes of every economic cycle. It's expansion, peak, contraction, and consolidation. So if we picked in 21, you know, 2021 after COVID, and we've been contracting since 2022, now I think we're in the consolidation kind of sideways area. So I personally don't mind surrendering some upside potential in exchange for higher yield, higher yield, because I think we're going to be turning sideways uh, for the next few months and maybe a couple of years. Bill Ulaveri, owner of Cynical Capital Management in Glenview, thank you for joining us today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.